Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 2 of Betty Baird's Ventures by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter 2 My Mother's Cookery Journal. Betty could not forget that her father was in tight papers. She was constantly revolving in her mind schemes for his relief. But what could a girl of seventeen do? A boarding school education was not a particularly good preparation for teaching. Moreover, she had quietly ascertained that there were no vacancies in the village school, and she knew she could not leave home to teach elsewhere she carefully went over all the opportunities offered by the village but could not hit on a feasible plan literature beckoned her after the talk with her mother she spent several days in her room looking over the literary productions that had received the highest marks at the pines betty's room was very pretty and she had a knack for making it not only immaculately clean but bright and attractive a long recessed window with cushioned seat overlooked the bay while a side window towards the west opened into a quaint old garden besides the white bed the low dressing-table and the chest of drawers of bird's-eye maple a series of bookshelves stood in a shallow alcove filled with a queer but beloved assortment of books old and new the shabby old ones with childish dog's ears and their pictures kissed into blurs the new ones still gay with spotless covers and maidenly bookmarks above her writing-desk hung a picture that represented an epoch her class with their graduating gowns billowing around them and in each gloved right hand a diploma a russian samovar a pair of tall brass candlesticks and a green vase filled with sweet peas topped the bookshelves with a background of photographs of her schoolmates then there was her table at which she did her serious writing drawn close to the window it was heaped with papers and had a literary look she said a blue and white school flag hung loyally next to her father's college emblem over the doorway and souvenirs of the pines pillows pictures and books were on every hand on this june afternoon a late number of the atlantic monthly lay on the window seat father thinks highly of this she said half aloud she took it up and settled down on the cushions he says it is so literary i shall look it over and see just what they publish and get an idea of what i ought to send though if it is so literary i suppose one of my essays on let me see she threw down the magazine and crossed to her desk 
she pulled out first one drawer then another and selected several bundles of her school essays each tied with a blue and white ribbon as she sat on the floor going over her papers the sun flaring in the window for a moment before sinking behind the hill fell on her hair transmuting it into spirals of gold the broad smooth white forehead was slightly puckered as she studied conscientiously the availability of her material for the atlantic the strong finely curved chin with its crown of red tender lips rested on one knee while she leaned forward eagerly sorting out the different styles of essays twilight she said aloud tapping a folded paper meditatively that sounds literary enough even for the atlantic her face brightened as she read it oh this is good she sprang to her feet and ran to the head of the stairs strewing her path with manuscripts mother she called and flew down the steps won't you come right up please i am so excited i have found the very thing for the atlantic mrs baird soon found herself ensconced in the window seat with betty you know father is always saying the atlantic is very literary began betty breathless from her good fortune i don't know much about it but it has a great many essays i learned that at the pines in my literature class holmes and lowell wrote for it in its early days those are the very words in our book no lowell was its editor anyway how does this essay of mine strike you miss green said it was excellent see excellent written on it that shows day soon took on the pallid transparent curtain of twilight that's the way it really seemed mother until night solemn and stately came forth in all her splendor of star and high-hung moon betty sighed when she finished it was the last sentence in a long rhapsody on twilight it sounds so good i'm afraid i stole it from someone they say people always feel that way when they write mrs baird reassured her daughter she was not troubled on that score her trouble was of a different nature it doesn't seem possible to write anything so good now said betty who was rereading parts of it with evident enjoyment i remember exactly how i wrote it i was perfectly perfectly oblivious to everyone around me i didn't feel as if i were doing it at all our literature teacher said that is the way all the best writers write george eliot and all those masterminds i am glad to see you in such good company child said her mother in kindly banter betty saw the point of course and had a good laugh at her own expense now you know mother i didn't mean that i shall copy this essay in a bold clear hand and send it right off under my own name too lois will be surprised to see it her father takes the atlantic it will take four stamps each way sixteen cents i shall have to earn some stamps if this comes back too many times they say they are returned quite often well i may have better luck you can never tell miss perry has never had one returned betty went to her table and stamped and directed two large envelopes then copied and recopied the excellent essay on twilight and finally mailed it to the editor of the atlantic how many mails are there from new york to hobart bay she asked going into her father's study on the evening of the momentous day two replied her father deep in a long row of statistics concerning home missions 
only two she repeated dejectedly and she walked out betty was determined not to depend on one literary effort she went to the little public library that adorned the principal street of the village resolved to read the magazines diligently the librarian was miss hunt a pretty gentle brown-eyed maiden lady of fifty i should like faltered betty and her face grew warm and red to know more about the different magazines for i am going to try to write for them miss hunt looked up with an incredulous gleam in her kind eyes why how interesting she exclaimed politely i suppose you think as mother does that it is presumptuous for me to try it but i want to do something and this is eminently ladylike betty laughed and miss hunt echoed her in a faint yet friendly way she was attracted to this tall slim fresh-faced winsome girl brimming over with interest in life though she had seen her only a half-dozen times she had begun to have a strong liking for her then too miss hunt had been for many years absorbed in home missions and was naturally drawn to a daughter of one of the home secretaries of her own denomination she had the dear lady a strong bias amounting to a passion for the subject and in time betty was to discover that all roads of conversation somehow led to the mission field by the way miss baird there are two young ladies in the village who are home from college whom i should be pleased to introduce to you said miss hunt feeling this to be a safer topic than the one betty had in mind thank you miss hunt answered betty a little absently her glance fell on the magazine she held and her thoughts flew back to the absorbing problem i shall be very busy but after i have made a start i shall have more time to make acquaintances miss hunt looked at her admiringly she remembered a time when she too had written poems and love stories but she had not had the courage to read them over even to herself save in the privacy of her own room they were yellow as autumn leaves as they lay in her little trunk in the attic with a package of letters thirty years old and here stood this beautiful dark-eyed girl talking of writing as confidently as she had once talked over a new tatting design how different girls were now going to college and writing unblushingly for publication the clock in the village struck four the library closes in an hour asked betty an hour and a half i must find something to read said betty turning towards the table where the monthly magazines lay harper's is my favorite magazine said miss hunt handing her a copy it is full of sad stories i love sad stories cried betty joyfully she took the magazine and began reading more than an hour passed and betty engrossed read on as she turned a page miss hunt interrupted her saying that the closing hour had arrived how do you like the magazine she asked while picking up and assorting the books on the large desk it doesn't seem my style at all it's a magazine for married people isn't it there's a great deal about children too i can though remember some of my childhood feelings and i might write them up in the form of a story try it miss hunt advised her betty's pony cart was at the door and together they went to miss hunt's home then betty drove thoughtfully to the farm which she had called boxwood on account of the evergreen that outlined the beds of geometrical design and bordered the path from the wide gate ending in two huge clumps at the entrance of the house 
she found her mother in the garden training rose vines and pottering around as she called her daily visit to her flowers i think i'll try harper's next it's miss hunt's favorite betty announced she kissed her mother and fanning herself with her hat sank down on the garden seat under a cedar tree that spread its branches over a poppy bed would it not be wiser to begin with a less well-known magazine counseled her mother too low they build who build beneath the stars betty answered blithely with one of her old-time quotations however while the editor of the atlantic is deciding on the merits of my essay i believe that i'll try my mother's cookery journal there are whole columns about home affairs cooking laundering household decoration gardens etc 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 as the advertisements say so promisingly now that is an excellent plan said her mother approvingly you can begin by sending half a dozen of katie's recipes oh mother then it would be katie's literature wailed betty half laughing but not at all pleased with the practical suggestion it would bring you in the stamps you need i hate stamps betty's bad humor passed quickly while they walked from flower to flower picking off the dead leaves training recalcitrant boughs and rearranging wind-tossed vines and shrubs that had played too violently in the swift south breeze of the early morning miss spice is at the college settlement this month mother betty said presently burying her face in a bunch of white roses i wonder if she wouldn't like some of these flowers for her sick people i am sure she would said mrs baird with a glad ring in her voice i was thinking it a great pity that more people could not enjoy this abundance i'll begin picking them at once cried betty clapping her hands enthusiastically father can take them into town to her we can hardly ask your father to do it when his time and strength are so valuable moreover mr ellsworth told me some time ago that the express companies would carry flowers to missions and settlements free of charge oh isn't that perfectly splendid think how clusters of white roses and honeysuckle will look in those rickety ramshackle rooms said betty holding off at arm's length a bouquet for the dining-room table it was an old-fashioned fragrant garden betty had even found among its treasures the sweet-scented shrub and had crushed the spicy purple flower in her handkerchief and when doing so had felt that she had one of the romantic privileges of her grandmother under a scraggly cedar tree was a great bed of brilliant red poppies of translucent texture and daring color and against its lichen trunk stood a bench built years before with the urn-capped fence-posts for a background and the lean cedar stretching above it the seat had a picturesqueness that betty was quick to appreciate she spent many delightful moments there looking down into the scarlet poppy cups that waited as if for the incense of her praise now i have it mother cried betty jumping up from the seat where she had thrown herself to arrange a lap full of flowers and dancing about delightedly i'll get my camera and take a picture of this corner and call it let me see a nook in my garden don't you think that is a splendid idea carissima scarcely waiting for her mother's congratulations on her inspiration betty dashed from point to point to find the best view for the picture her mother following more slowly they finally decided on one which would include three of the colonial fence posts 
i might have a copy of my mother's cookery journal on the seat laughed betty who was in high spirits over the new venture she ran to her room for the camera the focusing was a matter of the greatest importance the camera had to be turned this way and that the legs of the tripod had to be lengthened then shortened now the whole affair was picked up bodily and moved back several feet again it was placed as many feet in front of its original position at last all was arranged to betty's satisfaction she stood back the rubber bulb in her right hand ready to take the picture forgetting in her excitement that her mother was not to be in the picture at all she raised her left hand warningly now mother please don't move until i tell you she pleaded and snap went the shutter and it was done betty oh betty her mother cried out i don't want to be in my mother's cookery journal oh mother mother shrieked betty hugging herself joyfully was there ever anything so funny i was thinking it was you instead of the poppies that i was to take now we'll try our luck with another film will the lady please step out the second film was quickly rolled into place and a second picture and a third were taken for betty would not risk failure as the house was large betty had been able to fit up a dark room on the second floor and she now flew up to that place of mystery and suspense how her heart beat when she saw the delightful nook materialize and come out in all its lights and shadows a real photograph the joy of this was never lost to betty through repetition each new picture was a distinct surprise betty hunted up facts not always a pleasant task to a girl with imagination about poppies where and how to plant them and the amount of water and sunshine they needed ending her article with a line of original poetry the very next day betty began to haunt the post office that it was convincingly proven that there were only two daily mails had nothing to do with the matter half a dozen times a day she found herself drawn by some invisible lodestone to the tiny square window to ask for the bared mail fortunately the postmaster included in his activities the dispensing of groceries and betty began to deal with him as an excuse for her frequent visits at last she was rewarded oh mother father see she cried rushing into the study where they were sitting waving as if it were a flag of victory a veritable check why where did it come from asked her mother in surprise stretching out her hand for it listen all ye people enclosed please find a check for one dollar and twenty-five cents for your article on a nook in my garden to appear in a future number of my mother's cookery journal now what do you say to that she demanded triumphantly good exclaimed her father kissing her she stooped over his shoulder to get another look at the marvelous thing while he too gazed as if fascinated at this evidence that his little daughter had really written something that would see the light of print the strip of blue paper made betty feel that she could do anything the dollar and twenty-five cents was an elixir of inspiration and hope i must hurry right up to my room and write something else i have a splendid new idea she said tenderly taking the wonderful check from her father what are you going to do with it he asked with a twinkle in his serious eyes 
i haven't quite decided betty meditated i think i'll save it for christmas be sure you put it under your pillow tonight her father warned her and he smiled pleasantly at his little joke while betty feigned wrath and flung herself out of the room but began singing at the top of her voice before the door was fairly closed end of chapter two recording by holly jensen